Welcome to the Morning Scroll. I'm Rabbi Dina Cowens from Mishkan, Chicago, and you're listening to what will be a quick dive into this week's Parsha. If you've been meaning to brush up on your Jewish literacy, or you're looking for some inspiration, you've come to the right place. This week we read Parshat Vayishlach, Out He Sent, part two of last week's Out He Went. Once again, there's so many juicy stories this week, but I'll try to recap them all quickly. Jacob and his family are on their way back to Canaan. When Jacob hears Esau is coming to meet him, Jacob splits his family in two in case they're attacked, prays for God's protection, and sends Esau a lavish gift. Jacob stays behind on the other side of the river overnight where he wrestles with an angel. At dawn, the angel dislocates his hip, blesses Jacob with a new name, and leaves. Jacob limps up to meet Esau, and they weep and kiss. Esau offers to accompany Jacob home, but he declines, and they part ways. Eventually, Jacob and co. camp outside the city of Shechem, where Jacob's daughter Dina has a run-in with the local prince. He wants to marry her, and the king makes Jacob a handsome offer, but Jacob's sons are incensed by this and massacre all the men of the city. The family moves on, and Rachel dies in childbirth along the side of the road near Hebron. Then Isaac dies and is buried in a cave of Machpelah with Abraham and Sarah. Once again, the Parsha ends with a list of babies born, this time to Esau and his descendants. As I said earlier, this week's Parsha really feels like part two of a complete story on Jacob. In part one, he left home, encountered God, and prayed for protection. This week, he heads back to where he came from and prays again to God, reminding God of the promises God made last Parsha. It's so poetically mirrored that we might think no time has passed. But there is a small indication that Jacob has indeed changed. As he repeats God's promise to him, Jacob remarks, Translators usually render this as some version of, I am unworthy of all of the mercy and faith you have shown me. But the word katonti is a verb, and it's sort of an odd thing to say. It literally means something like, I am smaller or I shrink. Jacob seems to be saying that he has shrunk, or perhaps his view of himself has shrunk, in response to the blessings he's received and the challenges he's survived. It reads like an expression of deep humility, of recognizing oneself as just a speck of dust in the grand scheme. Let me remind you that up until now, Jacob hasn't exactly been a shrinking violet or a particularly humble person, right? He stole a blessing, he extorted his father-in-law, and in last week's Parsha, he basically demanded that he would only follow God if God protected him. Yet here we have a sense that Jacob is finally reckoning with his existence, And rather than feeling puffed up by the favorable way things have turned out for him, he's feeling overwhelmed with gratitude. The next line after Katonti begins, Hatsilenina, save me. In view of how tremendously lucky he has been, Jacob suddenly realizes that he is, in fact, vulnerable. It reminds me of a Hasidic teaching that a person should always keep two things in their pockets, one in each. One should say, for me the world was created, and the other should say, I am but dust and ashes. Our task as humans is to balance between these two ideas. For weeks, we've seen Jacob lean heavily on the side of the world exists to serve me. And while I find that kind of off-putting, it has been a reminder to me that we always deserve goodness. This week, we see the other pocket, the way that gratitude can be humbling. I suspect that each of us tends to favor one of our pockets, which makes me grateful to Jacob this week for reminding me that each of us is capable of change and capable of striving towards a a balanced sense of self. I'll see you next week. And in the meantime, please leave a review of the podcast. We love to know what you think. Thank you.